Hi there, welcome to the Blissful Bliss Podcast. I'm your host, Susanna Riker, and I'm so excited you're here. So, when the pandemic hit in 2020, suddenly yoga teacher trainings moved online. And as my guest today found out, this actually could lead to better trainings and better teachers. People were getting better results. I'm talking to America Giannone, a yoga teacher from Sicily in Italy, about how she moved her trainings online and now to a hybrid model, combining online teachings with life elements that take place in Sicily. America earned her first degree in Oriental languages and cultures and spent 10 years living and traveling in various countries in East Asia. And since then, she has studied with deeply inspiring teachers and trained for over 2000 hours, as well as a master's in yoga studies at Kafoskari in Venice. She's the real deal yoga teacher with so much to give and share, so much expertise and an amazing story that she shares with us today. I love talking to her. Her energy is simply infectious and I promise you're going to get so much out of our conversation. So let's dive in. Hey there, welcome to the Blissful Bliss Podcast. I'm your host, Susanna Riker, here to help yoga and wellness entrepreneurs build a thriving online business. If you're ready to make a bigger impact and earn money online, you are in the right place. Each week you learn about websites, digital products, social media strategies, and what's working now to build your online business. And now let's get started. Hi, America. Welcome to the Blissful Bliss podcast. Oh, thank you, Susan, for having me here. It's such a honor. I love your podcast. <laughs> oh, thank you. I didn't know you were listening to it as well. Oh, so. no, it's so informative. Like you share so much of your marketing wisdom in it. And also I love to, you know, to learn about the stories of other people and what they do and what's happening in the industry. Yeah, super interesting. So tell us a little bit about yourself so our listeners can get to know you. Okay. So, well, my name is Ameriga and you can find me on Instagram, of course, Ameriga underscore yoga, very easy. Uh, and you can get a taste of what my life is like. Um, I'm Sicilian, um, but I didn't live in Sicily for 14 years. I left when I was 18 and I lived everywhere in the world. Uh, my dream was to live in all the continents and I did it. So I went from, you know, Asia, Africa, Latin America. And then eventually, um, nine years ago, I decided to come back to Sicily because it was really calling me. Uh, this land is very powerful. Uh, when you visit, you'll know so many people cannot leave it, you know. So not, not everybody might <laughs> know that Sicily is in Italy. So let's just like put that out there. <laughs> Thank you so much. That's actually a very good point. Yeah. Sicily is the biggest island uh, um, of Italy. It's in the south and we have the most amazing weather. Even now in January, I'm not wearing jackets most of the time. Um, we have a beautiful volcano full of, full of snow right now where you can ski or snowboard. Amazing rocks where you can rock climb. Beautiful beaches, beautiful winds. I also kite surf. So if you do any of the sports related to nature, this is really a paradise. You do it all, right? I mean, I do it all. on Instagram, you really do it all. 
<laughs> I don't get bored. So yeah, I kite surf in the summer. I've just moved to a new location called the Stagnone Lagoon last year. Uh, I'll tell you why in a second. And so usually in summer, my main hobby is kite surfing. There is a beautiful kite surfing town there. And then I rock climb, but that's more of an activity for spring and autumn because the weather is too hot in summer. And now I'm snowboarding on Etna on the volcano. So yeah, got it all. <laughs> that's amazing. I didn't, I really didn't know that you could um, ski in Sicily. That's Yeah. Yeah. It's surprising. Yeah. I know so many people are, when they see my Instagram stories, they're like, I saw you rock climbing yesterday wearing a tank top and today you are on the snow, snowboarding. And I'm like, yes, I'm living the life. Move to Sicily. <laughs> and I'm guessing you also find some time to um, practice yoga in between. Maybe my oh, no, yoga, <laughs> yoga is the stuff that keeps me going. I think I couldn't do it without the yoga, you know. Um, I, I was always very sporty my whole life. But before yoga, I was suffering from tremendous back, back pain. And, you know, I had two ACL surgeries. I broke my, my ligaments playing basketball. So I wasn't very healthy before yoga at all, even though I was very sporty. And I think nowadays, the reason that I can do all of the sports plus other stuff, I also pole dance, you know, <laughs> the reason that I can do all of that is really thanks to yoga. It keeps me going. It, my body feels younger now that I am <clears throat> almost 41 in two weeks than it was in my early 30s so so really yoga keeps me going i just finished my practice before the school <laughs> i'm proud of you i'm actually i'm um yeah i'm struggling keeping up my practice when i'm traveling i don't have really yeah. enough space in my van and you know like i don't know some it's too cold in the morning to so practice outside and um but i've been for my first run yesterday actually since Yes, so I'm oh, really proud of that. And wow, last good year, I think my exercise was like walking the dog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I understand. Also, as you get older, it's so much harder to be disciplined in, the, in that way. But it's also so much more important I to know, do it, especially yeah. weight training and stuff. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, totally. No, but I hear you. When you don't have the physical space and it's cold, and you don't have like a, a body to do this with, or like a yoga class to follow. You have to have that tapas, uh, like they say in Sanskrit, that discipline uh, that you know that it's going to be better for you to do it uh, than not to do it. So, yeah. So be before the body calls you back, you should do it. <laughs> so um, how long have you been practicing yoga? How did you become and how did you become a yoga teacher? Did you do uh, yeah. something else before? Or? <laughs> yeah, I did all sorts of things. Um, so I studied Oriental languages and cultures at the university. I studied Japanese and Tibetan. So this brought me to Japan mm. and, uh, yeah, and to Southeast Asia. And then I did a master's degree in anthropology and development. And this brought me to Africa. I worked for an NGO. And then somehow I ended up working for the profit sector in Chile, in South America. Then one day I woke up and I decided uh, I was too bored with what I was doing. I wanted to be, um, well, this was like 12 years ago. I wanted to be a personal shopper. It was a thing in those times. <laughs> so, And I was an Italian living in South America. And we're kind of famous for the fashion and the cooking as well. But cooking was not my thing. <laughs> so, so I decided to dive into the fashion. So I started a career as a fashion consultant, ended up having a TV show at some point in Santiago, uh, teaching anthropology of fashion at the university. So it was really a different life. Uh, doing a lot of sports, traveling a lot and having this recurrent backaches. 
And so then my friend was like, oh, you should try yoga and uh, it's going to be so good for your back. And so I did try this yoga thing that she said. I went to a Hatha yoga class and I was bored as F. <laughs> like it was so boring. And I was, you know, imagine a girl in late 20s. I'm very active now that I'm 41. Can you imagine how, you know, wildly pita I was when I was in my 20s? So I was uh, super active. And to me, that Hatha yoga class was just really too boring. I was also very disembodied, Susan. We're not, uh, we're not living in our bodies, most of us, uh, unless we start an embodied practice like yoga. So this is why I wasn't taking care of myself and my body. I was just pushing it like my body was my brain taxi. So it had to do what my brain wanted and I wasn't really listening. Um, so then my friend, well, she said, no, no, but not Hatha yoga. Try this other thing called Bikram yoga. This will, you will like it. It's hot. This was at, during winter time in Chile. It's hot and you'll see, you'll like it. So then I try again. I go to a Bikram yoga class and I was hooked. And think of like, when I think of it, it's crazy. I, for two months, I went every day because they had classes at all times of the day. And like, I, I, I really got into it. And then after those two months, I moved away from Chile. I moved to Panama City and I've never again been to a Bikram yoga class in my life. <laughs> I don't even think it's yoga nowadays, but I have to say it really helped to hook me because it was strong. It was hard. It felt like a workout and it put me back into my body. So, you know, I mean, I know there is a lot of scandals related to this guy. I think the sequence itself might not be the most anatomically sound out there, but I think it's gotten a, a, a lot of people, you know, back into their bodies. And yeah, we have to, you know, acknowledge that. So then I moved to Panama City and I kept on practicing that sequence because I'd learned it out of heart and, and it really was good for my health. And so for a while, this is all I did. And then at some point, uh, while well, life was moving around, I moved back to Sicily. And then I decided uh, I wanted to, to learn more because I wanted to explore other postures and do something else. And so I went to Bali to do a three weeks yoga teacher training program. And this is how I became a yoga teacher. <laughs> That's so funny. I, yeah, I did my yoga teacher training in Bali too. And yeah, like 90% of the people on this planet, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are a few other places. <laughs> yeah, 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 there is a few. No, but Bali is major and uh, it was already major, yeah, 10 years ago. I remember like there was so much, uh, you know, choice. Um, now, I think, of course. I think it's like Disneyland for yoga teachers. Yeah. It's like. <laughs> you said yeah. It, yeah, absolutely. Now, look, I, I, I have to say this about myself. I think. I had no clue about what I was doing because after three weeks, you cannot know how to teach yoga, especially when you're coming from basically having practiced like 26 postures, you know, for two years and that's it. And you haven't really had a teacher like, you know, um, teaching you. And I wasn't the only one like that. I mean, so many people were doing this teacher training and hoping to learn how to teach or, you know, um, become teachers. But eventually of that, group that trained with me I think only maybe three of us went ahead and uh, uh, one one of us was one of those persons was already teaching and me well I had no idea what I was doing when I think back but um, I had studied marketing before so I had an idea on how to set up a business for sure so even though I was not a good teacher probably um, I knew that I had some some visions some ideas and 
And I had some really good ideas on how to make this uh, my life. So at that time, I was going out with a guy who was my ex-boyfriend. We had a bed and breakfast at the beach. And I told him, look, I'm going to just uh, um, organize a space on the rooftop of your house. And uh, I'll teach yoga here to the guests. And initially, I was thinking maybe people will just uh, come around and, you know, maybe do a yoga class every now and then. Uh, because, you know, we, we had a lot of guests in the summer. But then I started to put uh, this yoga holiday packages online. And this was, we were the first ones in Italy. Uh, it, oh. like, yeah, you didn't have anything like this. Yeah. When was that? Uh, well, this was eight years ago. Yeah, there was nothing like this before. So like, yeah, like nothing like this in yeah. Italy. So all of a sudden, after two months, I start to see like people coming over yeah. for the yoga. Do you, and do I you realized, remember that we actually got in touch back then, already worked together when I was running Yovunga, the yoga directory, the yoga retreat directory? Yes, it was you. <laughs> my God, you just reminded me. I looked for you. I, like, I found you in my email. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no your way. name is so unique. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, that was like 2013 or 2014 or something. Yeah, exactly. Wow, amazing. Yeah, yeah. We were really early in the European context. You know, now there is tons of yoga retreats, but this was yeah. like, yeah, the first place in, in Italy for sure. And, uh, and we put it together with kite surfing. So it became this yoga and kite surfing holiday at the beach and this stunning, you know, blue flag beach in Sicily. So all of a sudden I realized that I'm onto something here. Like it's not just, uh, you know, people doing yoga every now and then. And so when I realized that, uh, I, you know, slowly I, I was, I kept on practicing and I realized, okay, I have to be a better teacher. And so for the next, I guess, seven years, <laughs> I've invested so much money on my yoga education that I could have bought a house. <laughs> and I think this is the best money I've invested in my life, Susan. Um, I, I studied uh, all sorts of things. I started off with anatomy because I realized how important it was. I traveled all over the world to follow my anatomy teacher, Jo Fee. I don't know if you know her. She, yeah, yeah, yeah. She also does yeah. yin yoga teacher. Yeah. yeah. She does yin, yin yoga. yoga. She's, yeah. She, yeah, she does yin yoga, but she does a lot of anatomy mm -hmm. as yeah. well. And so I went to New Zealand and Australia to do a training on the shoulders, a training on the spine. Eventually I followed her in Germany where I did a cadaver dissection. So we dissected Ooh, the cadaver. Yeah, I know that she yeah. did that actually. Yeah. I don't know uh, who told me that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, crazy. I did that two years ago or three years ago as well. So I wanted to know everything about anatomy because I realized how important it is for sequencing and for teaching yoga and especially for teaching, you know, kick-ass classes. Because when you're teaching like this feel-good classes, it's hard to get it wrong. But I, I started to teach really complex classes and complex postures because in the meanwhile, I was going to India every winter and I had some Indian teachers And, you know, the Indians are like that. If they decided that you have to do this pose, you're going to do it, you know. Mm. Uh, they're just going to make you, you know, put you into this pretzel-like position, you know, until you actually do it. So I was learning a lot of advanced stuff from them, how to do it myself and also how to teach it. And I wanted to know more about anatomy because I was this pose affecting my students' uh, individual, uh, you know, body. And is it... Is it for everyone as well? And who can do this? Who shouldn't be doing this, you know? And a lot of the learnings that I've done through anatomy has been through my own personal injuries. So getting injured by my teachers or injuring myself because I wanted to do something that I couldn't do because of many reasons, you know, my body, my bones, whatever, right? So, well, so anatomy was the first thing. 
then I did a master's degree in yoga studies because now I wanted to know everything about the philosophy. And so while I was doing this master's degree, I was flying to Milan once a month to go and take classes. In the meanwhile, I was studying Sanskrit online <laughs> with a teacher in Tamil Nadu. <laughs> it was wild. When I think back of that year, like it was crazy. So anyways, so deep, diving deep into the philosophy, into the texts. And, and this really gave me a good solid base to start my own teacher trainings. Because in the meanwhile, I had students asking me, when are you going to do a teacher training? When are you going to do a teacher training? And I felt like, man, you have to know so much to do something like a teacher training. Um, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. So I kept on, you know, studying and investing in myself. And eventually I decided to launch my first teacher trainings. Uh, and I did that thinking about all the things that I, you know, that weren't so good about the trainings I had taken because in, from the first training onwards, uh, I trained for like 2000 hours. Uh, I went all over the world. I studied with some of the, you know, best teachers worldwide, like Shiva Rea. I did my 300 hours with her. Um, I'd done stuff with Megan Carey and then Gregor Mele, Monica Gauci, Nancy Gilgoff, Lino Miele, Ashtanga, Yin, Vinyasa, you name it. Was it hard for you? Because I know this is like, a, uh, this can be a mindset block or an issue for a lot of teachers, coaches, that you always feel you need another training, that you're never expert enough to, and it can really stop you from putting your offers out there, from really yeah. standing, stepping up. As I can totally, I can totally, you know, relate to this, that you, you can always know more with yoga. It's so easy because it embraces so many things, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so first with the anatomy, then with the philosophy, then I had to learn Sanskrit. Then I was learning sequencing was the first thing I was learning. And of course, pranayama and pranayama led me into neuroscience. And now I'm doing a mind body therapy course. And I did a life coaching course. And, you know, it, it, yeah, it's like, it's so broad, but the way I like to see this is you don't have to know it all. It's beautiful that you can reach out to so many different disciplines and it you never get bored. Yeah, but what helped you? What helped you to really decide, okay, now it's time to start mm. offering a yoga teacher training. Now I know enough. <laughs> it, no, I think it was my students that convinced mm. me. It wasn't me. Like I think I could have waited much longer, but they were just saying, why don't you do it? Why don't you do it? When I decided to do it, it took me one year to write down my first teacher training manual. And in that year, I was also doing more studying. And then, you know, in hindsight now, five years later, you know, now I've been offering teacher trainings for a while. I realized that it didn't have to be that way for, especially for a 200 hour teacher training programs. You cannot overwhelm people with all that information that I am so sorry, but my first uh, group <laughs> was really overwhelmed with way more than 200 hours of classes. And there was so much anatomy, so much history, so much philosophy. Oh my God. Like I, I'm in touch with all of them and I love them dearly. And I always tell them, you guys, you have to come back have a holiday with me. I owe it to you. You know, I've changed so much as a teacher as well. It's and funny. It's like the same issue. A lot of people have when they put up their first online program, like an online course, you want to put in everything, everything. that you know, 
and you feel that's going to make it more valuable. And in fact, it's just really, it's going to overwhelm your students. Yes. Absolutely. So I've learned it the hard way. Um, <laughs> so nowadays I've structured my offer so much better that you have like a 250 hours, um, you know, teacher training program that is for people who are really passionate and they want to learn the sequencing. I give them a very good chunk of anatomy, but make it very accessible. So I don't speak about 600 muscles in the body. I speak about 10 myofascial tissues. So you not, you have to understand 10 target areas, which is a lot easier. And it's always applied to the yoga postures. And, and then even the part of philosophy, I make it uh, as down to earth as possible. Like, how are we actually using this in our lives? You know, there's so much theory. I mean, they can read so many books on yoga philosophy, but how can this make a difference in my life? Mm. And how can I share this in an easy way with my students? You know, so this is my, my, yeah, sorry. Yeah, let's move on a little bit um, from like all the details in your um, teacher training, which I'm sure it's totally amazing. Um, to So you started setting it up and you got your first students joining your teacher trainings, right? So um, how did it evolve over the years, um, like business-wise, from a business standpoint? Yeah, so my first teacher training, I didn't want to do it in three weeks, like the one that I'd done, because I realized that it's not enough time to digest everything. People will not learn to teach. And uh, it's, it's three weeks is just a nice immersion, but I don't believe in that format. Um, so I decided I was going to do it in six months and people had to come to Sicily three times. And in the meanwhile, we would stay in touch. So this was a lot of traveling for people. It's, of course, it brought the costs up. And so I thought, okay, in, you know, in the future, I will only do it with people coming twice in six months. Do you do it in so, Italian or in English or both? In English. No, no, no. I work with very, yeah, European, uh, yeah, student base. So it's all, it's in English. This year, I'm actually offering the first one in Italian. So then something interesting happened. COVID hit. Mm -hmm. So when COVID hit, I was in Byron Bay. I was assisting my Ashtanga teachers there. And Italy was the first country, if you remember, that went into a lockdown. And I'm talking to people back home and they're like, America, stay in Australia. Like, don't even think of coming back here because we, we, they were in lockdown for a month, maybe longer. I don't remember because I was, I didn't do it. So I stayed in Byron Bay and here I am and I'm thinking I cannot open my center. Who knows for how long? And I have a teacher training starting in April. So this was in March, 15th of March. I was using this app called Zoom <laughs> to do harmonium classes because I do Kirtan in my classes with my teacher. And so I was like, what if I use this app also to teach yoga to my students, you know? So this is like nobody knew Zoom. I only knew it because of my harmonium classes. And so then I said, 15th of March of 2020, I'm like, hey, guys, I speak to my community. How about we get together for a free yoga class? And then the whole phenomenon of Zoom yoga started. I guess I was really early with that one as well. And then at some point, I'm like, okay, my students are supposed to come to Sicily in April. But I don't think this is going to happen. So then I contact them and I'm like, guys, how about we do it online? And look, some people resisted it. They were like, no, what is this? And I lost some students. But I gained many more students from that because some people were like, what? I can do this online with you. You're in Australia. I'm at home. I'm in a lockdown. Because in the meanwhile, all the European countries yeah. were going in a lockdown. So boom. So then I did my first half of the teacher training online. It lasted a few months. I 
create a new schedule so it didn't have to be an immersion. And I realized, you know what, this is actually better because you know, when you, when you learn something, when you go into an immersion, they say that our brains can retain only 20% of what we hear. And, and so there isn't, you know, like you're overwhelmed with information and then you'll forget most of it. Whereas when you learn online, the, the lessons are a lot shorter. Like, you know, usually now I teach two hour classes. Mm-hmm. So for two hours, it's easier to be focused than it is for eight hours. Right. Plus uh, people can watch the recording. And, you know, like sometimes there's just so much information that you want to watch those recordings, take better notes, stop the teacher while she's speaking, especially me, because <laughs> um, I speak so fast, you know. And so I started to realize that my students were so much better prepared. And my first group that I taught half online and half in person, so they came over for the um, in-person part in October, they were such better teachers. And so then I thought, you know what, even if we can go back to teaching in person, I think I'm just going to keep the online part for the theory and also for the practice teaching. Because when you do it in person, you know, um, and you have a group of people, they teach. They it's teach a lot of waiting, minutes. right? Then you're always exactly. waiting for other people. Yeah. Yeah. And you teach, but you teach for 10 minutes, for 20 minutes. Whereas on Zoom, now I have the possibility of giving people a full class to teach. Now you go and teach 90 minutes class to the rest of the group. And there is, so that, the, you know, you use the time so much better in an in-person training, you know, all the hours that you're having lunch and you're chilling. These are, you know, hours of training as well. Yeah. Yoga Alliance considers them part of the training. When you are on Zoom, that's it. You know, it's like two hours and two hours you're doing that work. There is no wasting time in between. So you have a lot of time to give to your students for practice teaching and I, I realized that my students are become, are so well prepared. They're such amazing teachers now, thanks to the fact that half of the training is on Zoom. They probably spent think- more time on their trainings as well than they would have in a three-week immersion, right? Absolutely. Where you can't be focused all the time. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. So like this, you know, they, they see me live twice a week during the teacher training for two hours. Then I give them homeworks. You know, they have some extra stuff to watch. There is some recorded videos as well. In the live classes, it's super interactive. So, you know, I check that they've read the stuff they had to read or that they understood the concept. I make them practice everything that I teach. So I teach something. Two seconds later, they are in the breakout room and they're practicing it, you know, so that they put it into practice immediately. So I think really, if you want to become a teacher, this is the best way. If you want a nice immersion into yoga, then a yoga retreat or one of those, you know, three weeks teacher training, which can be exhausting because, my God, I mean, you know, Susanna, exhausting. I know. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, some people said, yeah, but the community and of course it's nice. I have really still connections to people, to some amazing women I met in my yoga teacher training, but that's not why you need to spend like thousands and thousands of dollars yeah. to get and also, friends, right? May, may, no, um, and may I say something actually about this fa- this aspect? Mm-hmm. Uh, the community really depends on, you know, on, on the environment of the training. And mm-hmm. um, in especially with these courses, my courses always take four months, six months, because I think it takes time to become a teacher. So you see these people every week for so much longer than just yeah. three weeks. So, and there is sharing times and there is times where we speak about our personal things. And then eventually you see them in person at the end and you feel like you really know them. And so the community is actually even stronger. Yeah. So it's uh, because you're in touch with them for so much longer. 
So I think that's actually, it's even better with this new hybrid modality. Yeah. So I think when people ask me, oh, why, why you don't do it all in person? I want to do it all in person. I'm like, look, we're going to have the in-person part, which is super important. Um, it's last one week and it's at the end. And of course we have to have that, but there's so much theory and so much more practice teaching that you can do with the online part that I don't think I'm going to drop that. Uh, from my experience, uh, I create better teachers, like uh, not mm. that I create them, but I yeah. train better teachers with this new modality than it used to be in the past. So for now, yeah, I'm much happier to keep it like this. Yeah. How did you set it up technically? Do you use like a platform to provide mm -hmm. all the recordings and stuff and a community elements? What do you do? Yeah. So when you sign up, um, so we have a Facebook group and a WhatsApp group. So just in case we can share stuff there. Um, then we have uh, a Zoom live classroom where we meet twice a week. And then there is a platform on Teachable where I upload all the recording of the classes. So if you couldn't come to the class, you can do it on Teachable. And then uh, I also have another platform where there are some recorded classes for you to watch throughout the training. You know, stuff on, for example, history and philosophy that you don't really need to sit with me for two hours, you know? So you, I just send the recording and then we do a live session together to talk about it and to share and to see how we can use this in our lives, to see how we can share this piece of philosophy in our classes as a team and all that. I love that. I love that. Yeah. No, it's so amazing. Also like a WhatsApp group. So I'm thinking yeah. about adding that to my program as well. If you don't have crazy numbers, you know, like I, I, my trainings, I, I don't, I don't like to have trainings that are like crazy busy. You know, I've been in trainings with 80 people, with 50 people, and you feel just like a number. So for me, it doesn't work like that. So I, I believe, you know, traditionally in India, you would study with a teacher for a while and then they would tell you, okay, you know what? You're ready to teach. Go off and teach, yeah. right? So I know that nowadays our societies, you know, they, they don't make it so easy to do it that way. But I do think that it's so important to have a connection with your lead teacher. So I know all the students, uh, uh, that take my trainings before, like if somebody comes to me and they haven't practiced with me, I tell them, why don't you take a class first? So you know my style. And then I speak to them on the phone. So they know me because we're going to be together for six months. So we need to, you know, we need to know who we are. You need to know your lead teacher. And, and then we have a very personal relationship. So I keep the group size small. I never have more than 15 people in my trainings. And I hope that this is an ongoing relationship that lasts forever. And in fact, it is. Most of my students, I'm in touch with them, you know, and uh, they keep on coming back to my retreats. Uh, I see them when I go on tour. We speak on the phone. I have a mentoring program. Um, and it's more like a friendship, you know, in the end, which I love. It's the best part for me as a teacher that they're my friends that's amazing yeah i love that also like this um yeah this deeper connection that you build with your students with your clients yeah. how many yeah. um, teacher trainings do you do then is it like two a year or one a year or okay it so i like do an intense process right yeah. yeah it's an intense process so i do only one 200 hour every year i'm gonna start my next one in march so by the way there's still time to sign up um, and then I do the 300 hours as well. I do it in modules. So, so there is the first program, which is, you know, to get started. It's the, I always say that the, the 200 hour program is the entrance, you know, it's the beginning of the journey. It's not the end. 
And, and then once you start this journey, you will meet a community of people. You will, your life changes. It's very transformative. So then I have all these other modules for people who want to deepen different aspects. So for example, I have a module on hands on assist, especially now that so many people are training online. Uh, it's really important to learn to adjust uh, your students individually, to touch them in the right way, you know, and, and all that. So I have that module in July in person. Then I have modules on history and philosophy. I have a module that brings together life coaching because I'm also a life coach and yoga and draws parallel in between the two. I have a module on sequencing that, that is for people who haven't taken my 200 hours and they are just very confused how to put together a sequence. I have uh, some online modules also on anatomy, for example, on yin yoga. I'm launching a new module on yoga psychology in March, which is going to be live. So I have all these different modules on different topics for people who want to deepen specific aspects. And for people that do my 300 hours, they can take up to three years to complete them. So, you know, one year they will do a module, another year they will do another module, come and see me in Sicily, um, do it online so they can do it, you know, yeah. it's mixed. Uh, what style of yoga do you teach? Is it like vinyasa yoga? Do you have like your own style? So originally, I guess it was vinyasa yoga, but then my students uh, were like, this is so different from a regular vinyasa because, so there is a, um, a team at the beginning of every class. So that draws from yoga philosophy. I do kirtan. So there is this bhakti element and, and the sequencing also, it's a little peculiar. So, so it was my students again that says, let's change the name. Let's call it something. And, so uh, initially we called it Bhakti Prema Vinyasa with the Bhakti element and Prema, they wanted the, name, the, the word love into it. Uh, and then when I registered it, uh, um, it, we couldn't keep the Bhakti. So I just uh, used the Prema Vinyasa Yoga. So Prema like love. Yeah. Oh. And Vinyasa Yoga. Yeah. So it's a little bit particular. Yeah. Uh, and it's um, especially the way I teach it. I guess my students, they, it depends. Uh, you can find it more solar and more lunar. So when I teach solar classes, it can be quite uh, challenging. So, you know, there is a lot of strength-based um, uh, postures and, and, and sequences and drills and a lot of flexibility as well. And I teach a lot of advanced stuff, but I break it down so that everybody can try, you know. Everybody can do all the poses. You just need a belt and two blocks. Mm -hmm. This is what I say. Okay. So I, I, I you know, Susan, I advocate democracy for yoga poses, <laughs> this is what I call it. I, I've been too much in Ashtanga yoga shalas where you were looked at for how far you could go into the series and you are better yogis, you can do the second series or, you know, all of that. Then I realized this is BS. We don't do the poses for the performance. We do the poses because they help us release contraction in the tissues that comes usually from the mind, <laughs> sometimes from bad postural habits, but the bad posture usually comes also from the mind and the emotional world. So I think everybody should try all the yoga postures. You just need to have the right props so that if you cannot grab your foot with your hand, you can grab it with a belt and you still feel the exact same sensation of the person that can grab the foot. Yeah. So I, I just okay. teach everything to everybody, unless of mm. course there is a yeah. special condition. Yeah. Where do you find um, your students? So where do they find you? So yeah. is it like they, is it word of mouth now, the majority, or is it from, do you still do like Zoom classes, like normal classes and retreats? So 
How do yeah. people sign up for your class? Okay, so so for seven years, I taught religiously for seven months every year in my yoga center. So this gave me, of course, a tremendous exposure. And um, and so a lot of people came to me, come to me, still come to me because they are my students for a long time. Some people from word of mouth. So a friend told them. I do little tours sometimes, like next week, I'm going to go on a, a teaching tour in the north of Italy. I teach online on Zoom, and I also have my classes on some online platforms, but that's mostly in Italy. And uh, and then I do retreats in stunning locations. And I think it's mostly really word of mouth, like the, the, the good old way, you know, <laughs> that uh, this is how I was finding my teachers. Some people would tell me, oh, you should go and practice with this guy in India, or you should go and practice with this girl in Australia. Uh, somebody would tell you, and then you ask, and then you just give it a try. So I think, uh, yeah. I mean, I have a big student base of people who have actually practiced with me. And then a lot of people come to me because they've been referred. And I'm looking into setting up a new studio because now I'm no longer uh, teach at my yoga center. Uh, you know, I split up with my ex. And so last year I've moved to the other side of the island. And I started to offer one-week retreats, which I love as a format because we can go so deep into a one week retreat and uh, I just love it and I love the you know the community and the relationship with the students so that's something I love but I'm also thinking of setting up a new place for the community to get gather get together and practice uh, um, at the lagoon where I've moved so I'm looking into that so who knows <laughs> fingers ah, crossed sounds beautiful do you, do you do anything to get people to share um like any strategies that you use to get people to share about your retreats and offers or is it just all organically basically I have to say it's a very organic for me it's a lot of returning students mm. uh, I always offer new things in my retreats like I keep on studying all the time I keep on working on myself my own personal experience is the great greatest inspiration for my retreats as well um and then people just you know talk about it and friends come and uh, yeah. yeah, it's very organic. Yeah, it's just amazing. It's just like what you can achieve with years and years and years of you know, like consistently putting in the work, like you know, like working on your offers, working on your expertise, putting yourself yeah. out there. I just like feel it's important to to mention that for someone who's just getting started, they can't really compare themselves to where you are right now. Yeah, right? I would so, say look because some people tell me, you know. You know, people believe that marketing is important and I'm sure it's important. And, and, you know, I keep up with my social media. I have a web page and uh, I've never done Facebook ads, for example, never. Um, because I think ultimately, yeah, marketing is important, but who you are is more important. So what oh, I would say. Yes, yeah. definitely. You can't. Um, yeah, you could maybe like sell something with just advertising one time. But yeah. this is just like, a do you want to? you? I would never recommend building up a business that only relies on advertising. Absolutely. You want to, really, you want to work on building um, yeah. relationships. Yeah. And, and building yourself as a teacher, you know. So I think if you just finished a 200-hour teacher training program and you want to make this uh, your profession, what I would say is invest in more education, study more um because really this is what made the difference for me and the reason that I, that I have so many different programs is that I've studied so many different things 
And like I said at the beginning of the interview, the money I've invested in myself, it's been the best invested money. Um, because nowadays I have all these different programs and um, it really makes the difference. Yeah. Look, I only have like what, 5,000 followers on Instagram. And I guess sometimes I will have people that start to follow me on Instagram and it's happened that they've come to my retreats. It's happened. Yeah. But it's a, it's a small minority. For me, Instagram is really to keep in touch with the community and to show what I'm doing and what I'm up to. But it's not to get new clients. I it's say never that. about the quantity of followers. I mean, no. you, could have, like, you could build an amazing following, like tens of thousands of people, just by posting pictures of you doing great yoga poses. But those in people are never going to <laughs> buy anything from you, right? So they might follow you for the completely wrong reasons. Yeah, thank and you for saying yeah. this. It's so important. And just like you said, you can have thousands of followers who maybe you even bought or... You know, they're just following you because you're publishing nice pictures, but they're not going to yeah. buy. Yeah, you're right. So I, I don't know. I think I advocate for real economy. There is so much of, you know, digital marketing and digital economy, but I advocate for real economy, you know, to, 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 to see the teachers that we like in person, to go to see the teachers that have been recommended to us, to go back to our teachers and support them. And yeah, I think the yoga world will, will still keep on going back into that direction. No matter, you know all the marketing that you can put out there because ultimately it's about how you feel when you do yoga and the relationship you have with your teacher so yeah. if you cannot have that because there is a screen in between and ten thousand people in the middle you're not going to follow that person i don't know i think you can also really build connections and relationship with someone just through a screen I mean, it's like, you know, like a lot of coaches only offer like online coaching. I know, totally, totally. Helpful. No, no, um, totally. So, I'm just yeah. saying that it's uh, like, you know, I'm, I, I totally believe that, that you can do it. I'm just saying that, you, you know, the more people, the, the, the bigger the celebrity, let's say, the harder yeah. to have a connection. Oh, with yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. No, and I love that you combine it. You, um, I think it's a really unique approach to say, okay, I'm going to have like this part of the teacher training online, and there's like this library with all those classes, and you can learn in your own time. I think that's amazing and so helpful and really great for people to really, yeah, dive in deeper and stay focused and really digest what they're learning. And then you still have that life element where yeah. you all meet up together. And it's probably going to be so amazing when you all meet up and you've just like get to know each other for months um, before online. And it's amazing. It's unbelievable. And, it, yeah. and it's so wild, Suzanne, because you have all these hours of practice. And then my retreats are in the stunning locations in Sicily, which are also fun. My summer retreats are in this kitesurfing lagoon. So you can imagine, you know, like it's not just yoga. We also go out. We go rock climbing on one day. We have some beautiful ceremonies at the beach. It's just, uh, it's life-changing for me. So imagine how life-changing it is for the participants. It's, it's next level. I love that. I think it's really, really sounds amazing. And so, yeah, do you see like yourself continuing with that for the next years? What are your plans? What do you see like happening in the next, I don't know, five years? <laughs> Let's hear yeah. your five-year plan. My five-year plan. Oh, Jesus. All righty. Um, so look, I mean, I think we have to be very flexible. Of course, we are yoga teachers, so it's easier for us. But the, the world is changing so rapidly. And with this, you know, lockdowns and pandemics, so you don't really know what is happening. 
So um, I think I'm just going to follow, you know, the flow and adjust myself. But I think that for the teacher trainings, I will continue with this hybrid modality. So in person and online, because I just, for now, I think it's the best way to go. And, um, and then I think my, my dream for the next five years is probably to set up another location on the other side of the island um, that can be a hub for the community where people can get together and live together and practice yoga and be in nature and, you know, have a space like that. So I guess this is the direction where I'm going. Yeah. So you see yourself stay rooted in Sicily? So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So look, I've, for somebody that has traveled for 20 years and, you know, like every winter in the last eight years, I've been in Sicily during the summer months and the spring months. And then I was traveling in winter. Every year I would go to India, I would go to Bali, Australia, Hawaii, you know, I would travel. And this is my first winter that I'm spending in Sicily in. So yeah, since I was 18 (laughs) Um, and I'm discovering that Sicily is so beautiful and that in winter it it offers so much that I'm not feeling a necessity to travel this year for the first time in 20 years. And I think I'm also stepping into a new phase of my life. I think before it was so important for me to travel, to discover I was very curious, you know, I know India so well and, and, and it was just something that I was doing by inertia at some point. I was just, I knew that every year for four months I would travel. And I think now I'm stepping into a phase of my life where I feel the importance of being grounded and being in nature. And I know you can relate to that because we are doing this call and you are in your van in the middle (laughs) of nature. Um, but I'm really feeling that it's a different uh, phase of my life where for me it's more important now to be in nature and to be active in nature. So do all my, you know, rock climbing, kite surfing, snowboarding, whatever I'm doing. Um, and just that for now. And look, when I came back to Sicily eight years ago, uh, one of the reasons that brought me back here was that this island is amazing. It's so beautiful. And I wanted to do something for the island. Cause Okay, so now this is a, a yeah a little personal, but when I left when I was eighteen, I left and I sweared that I would never come back to Sicily. I hated it, and the reason I hated it so much was that when I was in school, uh, it was really hard to live in Sicily. And I don't know, maybe you remember, but Sicily is the land of mafia. And when I was a little girl, there were a lot of killings in my city. I witnessed, oh, wow. yeah, wow. I witnessed a lot of mafia killings, even close to my family. I was scared for my parents, for example, and I was living in fear like many Sicilians. Um, this started to change uh, after the death of two judges who were fighting against the mafia. Maybe you've heard their names, Falcone and Borsellino. So their picture is in my altar in the yoga shala because after their deaths, uh, there was a movement to uh, you know, remove mafia from Sicily. So, you know, Italy, the government sent the military and they started to tackle the organization and eventually they almost dismantled it basically. So that nowadays I can have a business in Sicily and I don't have to pay, you know, um, otherwise they would set it on fire. This used to happen, you know, 20 years ago. So when I left Sicily, I left and I swear I will never come back here. You cannot live in this place. But the island has changed so much thanks to so many people who have 
you know, put their work and their lives into changing it. And at some point, 10 years ago, I started to think that I wanted to come back and do something for my island as well. And um, that I had so much potential and that I was doing great things. But why would I do them in South America or whatever else when I have a place back home um, that I feel so strong about? So when I came back, that, that's when my work started and I created the yoga center. And it was amazing because we, we really have people from all over the world going to this village in the middle of nowhere and, and enjoying Sicily and discovering how beautiful this island is. And like, I think it's the most beautiful place in the world. And if I say that, it's probably correct because I've seen every, like, there's hardly other places that I know that are so beautiful. So I think on the one hand, so, you know, I think about my profession, my career and sharing my yoga. But on the other hand, I also feel like I have to give back to my island. So maybe have another center somewhere else and keep on bringing people to here. And so many foreigners have moved to Sicily because it's just a stunning place. And, and you know, this, this island hopefully can become more beautiful and more beautiful every day, you know. Yeah, I love it. It sounds like you really connected to your community there mm. and yeah and you can still of course go traveling yeah 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 so so this is my first sicilian winter and i'm discovering that sicily is amazing even in winter so yeah i will keep on traveling i will keep on teaching here and there and do my things but uh, i'm buying a van just like you because i want to have my house on wheels and and be able to explore the island enjoy the island everywhere in every corner oh, i love it i love it yeah yeah, that's a plan of action. <laughs> yeah, just have to uh, manifest it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's happening already. I'm gonna see the vans next week, so it's happening. Oh, exciting! Yeah. Are you going yeah. to outfit it yourself or? Oh, I wish, but I don't mm. know. Yeah, I think it's gonna take too long. Like I see yours; it's so beautiful. Oh, I didn't do it myself. I I oh. hired someone to do it. I don't yeah. have a place, a garage, or the tools, or right on the know how. Yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna buy something ready made. But I don't know. Like, like to find something as cool as yours, uh, that's quite uh, difficult. Yours I is really give you, I can show. You. I'm going to share the company with you. <laughs> Please, and I'm sure there is other people listening that want to know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's Camparia. They're based in Munich or close to Munich in Germany. Okay. And they're like a super cool young team. Okay. Guys yeah. who just like started a company outfitting camper vans. Yeah. Super cool. I Amazing. love it. So um, what else um, do our listeners need to know? What else do you want to share? Where can they get in touch with you? All right. So, well, if they want to come over to Sicily for the summer to have a retweet with me, I have a website. It's called mindbodyalchemy.org. My retreats are one of a kind, meaning there's much more than just yoga. I'm also a life coach, a master NLP practitioner and an expert in ceremonies and pujas. So there is a lot happening and people come out completely transformed. Um, so it's, it's a lot of yoga, a lot of practice, a lot of learning, new crazy stuff, yoga poses, you name it. But there is also a lot of work on personal growth that we do. Um, so I also have some retreats with interesting experiences like rock climbing. I have one in May, which is almost fully booked. So I guess I'm going to have to offer it in November as well. And, you know, it's possible to kite surf and do other stuff during my retreats. Uh, and uh, and for the teachers out there, just check out all my teacher trainings models uh, if you want to learn and study with me. 
yeah, we can have Amazing. a good time. And I'm going to add the link to your website to the show notes, obviously. So definitely check out America. It was so nice chatting to you. Thanks so much for taking the time to be here. It was an honor to be here. And thank you so much for the opportunity, Suzanne. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Blissful Biz Podcast. If you like the show, please leave a review on iTunes. This would mean the world to me. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to never miss a new episode. To learn more about how to work with me one-on-one, -on -one, my courses and membership, or to get instant access to freebies, workshops, and more, go to susannoreika.com right now. Thanks for tuning in and see you next time.